Hi, this is Shauna, the CEO and founder of Fuel Talent. One of the things I have loved most in my 25-year recruiting career has always been the stories that people tell. Stories of leadership, career choices, company ideas, and team building. My inspiration for starting the What Fuels You podcast came from being curious about people's lives and wanting to help share their stories. What path brought them to this place? What decisions did they make that led to failures and successes? Who influenced those decisions and what lessons were learned along the way? I hope you enjoy the What Fuels You podcast. Today's guest on the What Fuels You podcast is Bob Vega. Bob is an entrepreneur, financial technology innovator, and barter exchange pioneer based in the Seattle area. He is the co-founder, CEO, and president of BizX, a network of businesses that trade with each other without spending any cash. Founded after the 9-11 attacks, BizX helps businesses connect and forge new and potentially long-lasting relationships where they can support one another, particularly during times of crisis. Prior to founding BizX, Bega launched the Barter Business Exchange, which facilitated more than $60 million in trading volume per year and involved more than 4,000 member companies, including high-profile brands such as Rogers Communication, Revlon, and Kodak. He also served as the COO of UBarter, a consumer-focused online barter program and platform. Bega has been recognized with various awards, including Puget Sound Business Journal's 40 Under 40, the Exceptional Leadership Award from the Young Presidents Organization, and various honors from the International Reciprocal Trade Association. He currently lives in Seattle, Washington area with his family. Welcome, Bob. Thanks for having me, Shauna. That's an impressive uh, bio and intro. I'm like, wow, this guy is just like, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> it's all about the barter. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh... I, you know, I was, uh, uh, that's what I've been fortunate enough to do. And, uh, I just love working with businesses and connecting them. And we've been innovating at this for so many years. Yeah. We were good at it. Okay. Before we get into it, cause I can't wait to talk about BizX. As you know, I'm, I'm a yeah. BizX user. Um, I want to talk about, um, you as a child, but even before we do that, yeah. I'm going to hit you with some rapid fire. You ready? Okay. Okay, okay, here we go. I know I know you love to travel, so I'm curious yeah. now that the pandemic and people are getting vaccinated, where's the first yeah. place you want to go? Where are you going to travel? Oh, um, I want to go to Australia with my family. I've not been there. And then Italy. My wife has been dying to go to Italy. Yeah, both places I've been and highly recommend both. Awesome. Um, what words would your kids use to describe you? Old. <laughs> <laughs> Old. If you're old, then I'm old. Oh, they make fun of me all the time. Uh, I think they would say, um, "I'm I'm fun to be around." Yeah, I think your friends would say that too. Um, okay, what's the craziest thing that you've ever seen uh, bartered through the business? Oh wow, um, uh, we've seen so many things. You know, people have bought and sold so many things, but um, you know, we've hundreds of weddings and. I just remember the, 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 the most, the thing that struck me the most is we had a member whose cat was dying and she didn't have money and we, we were able to give her a line of credit and we saved the cat. So that was like the most oh. heartfelt thing we were able to do. The veterinarian wow. was able to do that. And then we had somebody else who was actually had cancer and they were super bummed out about it. And uh, they were affiliated with BizX. I think indirectly they're an employee, but we bought them 
Tony Robbins is a BizX member. And so we sent them to one of the Tony Robbins seminars with their best friend. And, you know, two years later, she said she was healed. But I think there was just like I didn't know Tony. I'm, gonna, thing. I'm getting yeah. that. I didn't know Tony Robbins. Yeah. I could get that. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I Tony might know the answer the to this, but if yeah. you could be a famous actor, writer, yeah. musician, or athlete, which one would you choose? Oh, which one? Um, I think now I'd be a musician because my son is a musician. Yeah, so I that's actually what I'm thinking. I'm like, I see your son jam out on his guitar and sing, and I'm like, maybe that. If it was a few years ago, it might have been different, but I'm yeah. all about the music now. You would have been an athlete a few years ago. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I know you're a big sports fan. So, okay, what do you like to read, watch, or listen to? I love reading. Um, John Grisham is one of my favorite authors. And then um, Michael Lewis, uh, oh, Liar's Poker. Yeah, he's I'm just, like Googling has, it right now. Yeah, Michael he has Lewis. A new, he has a new book that's out. Uh, Flash Boys is another one. So those are those are two that I that I really like. And then okay, it's hard know. it's hard to to watch things now. So but there's usually like a good HBO or yeah um, or a series is good. There's I have a new no one problem on watching, so I will send you a list. Apple Plus is a new one that was really good called Tehran, which is really cool. It's about I've watched Tehran. Yeah. Isn't it? Uh, it's like the cat and mouse game. It's like just had yeah. me on the edge of my seat. So yeah. Well, now that really... I know you like Tehran, I'll send you some other options. Um, okay. okay. What's your biggest fear? Oh, um, I am afraid of heights and confined right. spaces. Right. Well, so you're claustrophobic. I get that. What would you most like to photograph? I know you're a photographer. Oh yeah. Um, well, I like I like landscape and I like um, places. So I'd love to go to like the pyramids of Egypt. I've been there, but like take my camera and 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 photograph those. Or uh, but I think what would be really cool to photograph is being able to f go back in time and photograph somebody like you know like Gandhi or Mother Teresa or. Oh yeah, uh, you know, the how like cool some would that really be? inspirational people, and you know, catching yeah. that look. Yeah. Okay. Here's my final question, and then we'll we'll dig into your childhood. Okay. Um, what would you say people most often misunderstand about you? Oh. Or uh, What would be a misconception? <laughs> wow. I I think who I am. Like I think you know I like I like to have a lot of fun, but I think there's there's some depth there. So if you don't know me. Uh, you get uh, quote unquote fun, Bobby. And, uh, but, you know, I think there's some, uh, I think also um, I'm really passionate about what I do. So I probably end up talking about it sometimes more than I, <laughs> you know, so no, I think there's a, it's there's funny a that deeper... you say that the first, the first answer is actually what I thought it would be, which is like, because you always bring it and you always bring the fun. So tell me like, so weird that I've known you for so long and yeah. obviously a BizX member and, friend and i don't know like about your childhood where did you grow yeah. up so i was born in new delhi india uh and um and my parents i like to say exported me to canada at the early age of one so i grew up in toronto for our first five years and then my dad moved to a small town of like twenty four thousand people just north of toronto about an hour away so kind of this and we'd be back and forth between the big city of Toronto and a small town and your parents and, were married or divorced yeah no they're married they're so they're, oh okay they're, so they're, he just moved you yeah, to a small they moved yeah they moved to get they moved together so mm. um yeah and uh and that was in the early 70s and um yeah it was you know by fluke 
uh, we ended up in we ended up in Canada. My dad met somebody in in India and who you know convinced him he he'd done his master's in social work and uh, he was the first one in his family uh, one of the first ones in his family to go to go to college and um, he you know uh, got this opportunity to move to Canada and at that time you're only allowed to leave India with eight dollars in your pocket that's what you're allowed to come with are you like an only child or do you have siblings? No, I have a younger sister, uh, Priya. She's uh, five years younger than me and she lives in Toronto. I don't know anything about the school. Like, is that is yeah. that where people go from yeah. Toronto? So, uh, York University. And it's kind of, it's known for, uh, it's in Toronto. It's known for, known for business. And I was going to kind of one of my first entrepreneurial stories was on campus. We had... Uh, so York University, they built a new, um, it's about 50,000 students. So it's a big school and they built a, they did a big real estate development. And so did hundreds of thousands of square feet of retail. So big bookstore and shopping and pool hall and restaurants. And so I opened up a record store there, uh, while I was oh in college gosh. called, uh, twist and shout. And so, um, yeah, that was kind of cool, and and I was going to go to law school, and yeah. wrote wrote my LSAT, and uh, decided to abandon that, and then start this company. So, why law school? Is that something that like did your parents say this is kind of the route, or is it you knew a lawyer? How come you thought that that's what you wanted to do? So, I think growing up, kind of taking back, I was always an entrepreneur. So, kind of, if I remember, my first job was a paper route, and you know, going door to door, and then. You know, your school's got different programs. So it's funny that I had my paper out, but then yeah. when we had, you know, we're selling our Boy Scout candy or we're doing something else. So I had a built-in customer base. So that was always really good to be able to to go to go to them. I enjoyed I enjoyed connecting and talking with people. Uh, and one of my first entrepreneurial ventures was then after the paper out was I started a company called Teenwork, uh, where we're mowing and cutting lawns for other people. So rather than cutting lawns myself, then we had a for a couple of summers a crew that would go out and uh, and do. So you basic. you were the you were the connector of like, hey, I've got the customers now. Let me hire the other people and then take like yeah. a piece of the. That's exactly. super super smart. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And so, were you like a good student growing up? Uh, I, I could always be a little better student, but I, I, yeah. I, I, I think I, you know, I could have, I could, I'm sure my kids are going to listen to this, but uh, there's always room for improvements. So. It's like when you do have that entrepreneurial spirit and that ability yeah. to bring in and, and nurture relationships with customers, I almost feel like you're just fine. Like you're off to the races. Any business needs that skill set. And so I don't really necessarily worry about the grades, although it does, in theory, yeah. open up doors, right? Yeah, no, I, I had to have good, you know, I'm East Indian. I had to have good grades. There yeah. was no discussion. Yeah. Um, Tell me and, about that culturally. Like how, when you say you're East Indian, is that a big part of your identity? And what does that mean to you? I think it was a bigger part of my identity growing up. Now, remember, we grew up in a small town of 24,000 people. So we were probably one of the only, you know, there's probably... I could count on one hand the, the families of visible minority or color. So I came, I remember coming home from kindergarten and saying, mom, what's a packy? Like, you know, so that was, yeah, that was early in. And, and so you visibly stood out, you knew you were different. Um, and, but then uh, we'd go to Toronto and we'd have a 
you know, kind of extended family, other friends, and and you, you culturally learn. Now, we, I went to one of the coolest things I got to do as a kid is I get to go to India every summer. My parents would they you know load up the car, the suitcases, we drive to Toronto and then fly to India for the summer. And I'm like, why can't I go to Disneyland like all my other right? You're you like, know, I don't really want to be going to India. I know, and you'd show up in India and you're like, there's no air conditioning and the food and it's getting getting yeah. bit by mosquitoes and it was just yeah. like and i'm like why are we doing this now i go back and my parents were very insistent like learning the language the culture they really mm-hmm. it pushed it on us and uh, are you doing that with your way. kids no i have not and so but i i really appreciated that and we'd go back so every summer we'd go back in the 12th when i was in seventh grade i wrote a letter to, uh, I was leaving school early. I had to do a social studies project. So I wrote a letter to Indira Gandhi, who was then the prime minister. And I said, hey, I'm, you know, I live in Canada. I'm from India. I still had kept my Indian citizenship at this time. And I'd love to meet you. So I show up in India. And when I get there, there is a message waiting for me that, you know, um, she wants to oh my meet gosh. you. So it's Friday, August the 13th, I think 1980. I got, I got like, in, I got 90 minutes with her. What? And we talked about we talked about everything, and I had aspirations at one time of like wanting to go into politics, going into Indian politics, and so uh, it was really cool to connect with her. And uh, we have an audio recording of it somewhere. That's amazing. You know, we talked about corruption and what does it take to be a leader. To at the time, I don't know if you remember, there was a Falkland Islands war going on. And I remember, so where does India stand on the Falkland? I was like kind of being a little journalist interviewing her and. I had these questions typed up. Uh, I think we used a typewriter back then, mm-hmm. and and so she um, she said, "Well, you know, all the developing countries are supporting Great Britain." And she's like, "No, no, no, that's too controversial a question because you know India is officially a neutral country, so she wouldn't answer that question." But it was uh, we talked about corruption. I said, "What about corruption? It's so bad?" She said, "Well, you know, you can see the corruption here, but there's a lot of corruption everywhere." Uh, but then fast forward. So this was in August. Uh, I got woken on October 31st, the same year. I'd come back to Toronto and uh, for Canada. I got woken up at like four in the morning. It was a CBC News calling me. Indira Gandhi's died. Please give us your, you know, she was shot by her, by her own bodyguards and murdered. And there was like massive riots through the streets of India. They wanted my comment. And I'm like, I'm 13 years old. That's what, crazy. <laughs> How did they even get your contact info? Well, they had known that I had met her, and I'd done a couple of interviews when I'd come back. Wow! So that was, you know, but it was, it was just, it was like, whoa! And just seeing what was going on, there was like this just massive rioting and looting, and people were getting killed. It was so sad. Uh, but that's when I kind of realized. I think at the time, early on, I had this idea of going into politics, and that's where I wanted. I followed Canadian politics quite a bit, uh, but I, after a while, I realized that, you know, politics. You know, the guys that are the politicians, th- that's not where I wanted to be. And I didn't think yeah. that you could you could be effective doing that. And I think it's yeah. a thankless job. So I think it's a thankless job, too. So as yeah. you raise your kids, you've got three, right? Yeah. And as you raise them, because for me, I'm more more leaning into it than ever. And when you talk about being different, how does that translate for you as far as how you're raising your kids to be proud of being Indian? Yeah, I think, well, I think today it's, we live in a different, you know, it's, it's different here. And um, I think, you know, we, we just talk about it in a sense where, 
you respect everybody and it doesn't matter what you look like, where you came from, you know, you're, we're all the same. And, mm-hmm. um, uh, and, and we should have an equal amount of respect. And so I think, um, we've talked about it, uh, 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 but at the same time, it's the behavior you model and, and I think they see that. So, yeah, well, definitely. Cause you guys are so much love towards everyone. And I think that that's totally true um, to just constantly exemplify the type of people that you want to raise. And you guys are definitely doing that. I'm just, I was just asking because it's coming up left and right from different friends. And um, I see you as somebody who's a leader and a model in our community and a great dad. And so for me, selfishly, I'm always just trying to get little nuggets from people like, you're doing it right. You've got these amazing children. You know, what can we learn? And yeah, that makes sense. So tell me, okay, let's go back to, you went to school, you did this record store and yeah. were you going to kind of keep that store or did you get lured away into this bartering? Yeah. Business? So I had a friend who had kind of said, Hey, I've got this idea. And we, I said, well, how does this work? And we sat down, we, we got together and I started this, we ended up starting this company. We borrowed $10,000. We started this company called barter business exchange and uh, i left my mom my mom who's like running can you imagine your mom running a record store and so she could tell you more about madonna youtube prince the rolling stones because it's like okay mom you're you're handling this and you're running it i had a passion for for music and electronics and it was just a great location an entrepreneur that's why we opened it and then you know we're thinking about law school and so started this company and said okay where is it going to go well you know was successful beyond our wildest dreams and really took off. And we, we were, we were the 46th fastest growing company, uh, in Canada. Wow. You know, and, 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 uh, did some really, really cool things, um, and, and grew it. And then in 1999, 1998, uh, there was a company, uh, actually based out of Seattle that was working on some internet technology called, um, uh, barter and so um, we put the two companies together and we took it public as ubarter.com. And then shortly after, I, I was coming out here only for six months. And uh, shortly after, it was, uh, we got bought out by, I don't know if you remember Network Commerce, shopnow.com. Yeah, yeah. So, so he bought the whole thing. And so um, we uh, uh, kind of, close that deal I think in early two in early 2000 yeah and you stayed <laughs> yeah I stayed in Seattle so I left I left there I stayed in Seattle uh what really caught me was interesting is that when I came here I just remember how dark and rainy it was but then waking <laughs> up one one Saturday morning and seeing the sunshine in Mount Rainier it's like holy crow like what the heck is this and driving around getting lost and just kind of falling slowly falling in love with um the surroundings here yeah and then so uh, and i met one of the first people i met when i moved to seattle was your brother oh seriously EO. yeah because i was part of eo at the time it was yeo toronto so i moved to this chapter and scott was uh hosting i went to the howard schultz uh event at starbucks that he was hosting which was super cool uh back in 99 or 2000 and yeah. i just moved here and uh and yeah uh, he was, like I said, yeah, one of the first, first pe- people I met. 
He's such a promoter of BizX. It's incredible. <laughs> I mean, he's like Mr. BizX. Everybody knows. They're like, we love. He loves it. It's so great. So yeah, he was one of the first first guys I met, and um, and then uh, I joined the EO chapter here, and I was doing some other things, and then September 11th hit, and I remember how bad it was, and it was October 2001. I was in my forum meeting. Um, and Kirkland, downtown Kirkland, and everybody was complaining about how bad business was and kind of freaking out because like nothing was happening. And so I was sharing from my experience as you do inform, hey, one of the ways you could do, you could help each other is you could trade with one another because you don't have to use cash. And so by the end of the meeting, my forum mates had convinced me to, to get back into this business. So we started BizX. Oh, that's awesome. And how's BizX going? Like, tell tell the listeners who don't know BizX, like what yeah. it what it does yeah. and what, what the business yeah. model is. So BizX, in its core, is um, you know we're a modern day digital barter exchange. Barter is the oldest form of doing business. Uh, kind of predates money. I'll give you something, you give me something, but that's not. Like very I'll give efficient. you, I'll give you my daughter, and you give me a goat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or or I need I need I need a dentist, and I'll give you a goat. So yeah. So, uh, and, and so, but the thing is, I don't eat meat, so I don't eat a goat. So that's why money was invented. And so um, today we've got over 7,000 businesses that are on our platform uh, that all trade goods and services amongst each other. So now, for example, if you're a restaurant and you need, you know, $5,000 worth of plumbing, rather than having to reach into your bank account and write a check, basically you could pay for it with $5,000 in uh in meals to new customers that you wouldn't have had using mm-hmm. our own um currency bizx dollars so that's the that's the um that's the premise behind it and and ultimately uh, the, the strength within bizx is the members that support each other because they drive new business to each other and so the the big you know at the end of the day um it's it's how do we drive um new customers and better cash flow that's the that's mm-hmm. the that's the people like. protect their balance sheets and i'm sure this past year with the pandemic has been i'm super interested in hearing about it but i but i first want to understand so what exactly is the business model like how does BizX make money yeah so so we've got a, a community of of businesses and they all use rather than using um us dollars they use BizX dollars as a supplement it's it's kind of your extra business right so you've got a restaurant you've got a hundred tables Quite frequently, you're selling most, you know, you're usually selling out 80, you've got 20 empty. It's a way to fill up those extra 20 tables. Um, and and so it doesn't replace your existing business. It's it's all incremental and extra business. The BizX business model is we, we basically take a transaction fee. So um, we get paid a transaction fee when BizX sends other BizX members new customers that they wouldn't have had. and 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 that's how we make our money. Hmm. And what, what type of, what's the most common like thing that you have to overcome day in and day out? Is it explaining the business? Yeah. Or- I think people, yeah. Pe- people sometimes like, Oh, barter is, are we trying to avoid taxes? No, it's above board. We issue a 1099. Oh, I don't, you know, uh, my, my business isn't in trouble. I don't need, I don't need to use it. And you don't need to be because some of the, some of are the most, successful people that use our business are the ones that are the strongest companies because they're looking to get a competitive edge and gain more customers or increase their cash flow further. So I think, um, I think it's just 
there's, you know, sometimes what we find is uh, our customers or prospective members fall into a couple of camps, either A, they think this is the most amazing thing because they realize that this is a smart way to, 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 um, to, to preserve cash, uh, pres preserve cash, increase cash flow. The, the second uh, camp you run into is people like that just, you know, that, that, that they're much more skeptical or um, they, they need a little bit more information on it, but it falls into one, one or one or the other. Uh, and it is a bit of a, um, you know, like riding a bike. So once you get, and our best members are the ones that were the most skeptical because um, well, they of course, tend to once be the they ones get that it, the they biggest, get it. Oh, and they're, yeah. you know, tell me, they won't tell me do about anything some, in the yeah, tell me about some creative ways that people use it. Because I feel like my brother's always got these creative ideas. And I'm sure there's many other people out there that are using it creatively. The obvious one is like a service for a service. But yeah. are there other things um, that people can be doing that they may be sitting on things that they could put into the BizX system? Yeah, yeah. so there, there's two sides to BizX. You're either a buyer or a seller. You're going to be both, right? So you're going to be buying things and you're selling things. So from a sales perspective, um, if you run a business uh, and you've got capacity, you can take on new customers. Like you're that restaurant that has a hundred tables and could take, you know, take on an extra 10 or you're an accountant and you have eight hours in a day, but you're, you're only full six. You can take additional, you've got capacity to take new customers on. BizX uh, is that other great way to do that. Now, beyond that, other ways that BizX, uh, people have earned BizX dollars is a lot of people have second homes. And so it's another way to rent out those second homes uh, or selling off, selling, um, you know, it could be selling, uh, Recently, we've got members that are downsizing their offices, so they're getting rid of extra office furniture or computer, or uh, or it's another way to be able to move kind of anything of excess. Uh, we've done we've helped people with subleases, so people right now are down, again downsizing their offices. They're sitting with um, extra office space. They're going to sublease it. rather than if it sit vacant, they could sublease it out using BizX dollars. So anywhere you've got capacity. To use BizX dollars, it really is, it's, it's uh, the idea is, hey, before writing a check for anything, uh, where could we use it? And, and it, that would lie both on the business and personal side of things. And so from a business perspective, operational expenses, uh, uh, you know, from uh, everything from, you know, toner cartridge to advertising to uh, even we have members paying part of their rent. Uh, Etc. Using BizX dollars, uh, and then on a personal side of things, you know, from you know braces for their kids' teeth to you know landscaping to taking dream vacations, uh, or employee incentives uh, are all things that people have been able to use BizX for. Yeah. Every time I talk to you, I'm like, I got to get on the site and figure out what I'm not using that I should be using because I know I got some BizX dollars. Um, so, do you have business partners, or is this are you fully the owner of BizX? Uh, I have a co-founder, uh, Chris Sadawi. So we met actually when I started my last company. He's based out of the Bay Area, and uh, we've known each other now almost thirty years. Oh wow! Uh, and um, through the through the business, and he's a great friend, and we work close together. And then we have some. We we in, back in two thousand and twelve, we took on uh, a little bit of uh, local uh, uh, investor investors as well. Ah, okay. And so when you first started it, though, you self-funded it? Yeah, we bootstrapped it to um, 
almost um, ten million dollars in revenue. Oh my um, goodness! Yeah, so we 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 uh, very much so. It was uh, we were cash flow positive. Uh, very, yeah, very much bootstrapped. Uh, you know, starting the company. Yeah, old school. Where, where are you trying to take the business? Like, where's your ultimate? Like, I'm sure you feel successful now, but all entrepreneurs have that constant. Yeah. More and more, I need to have more um, customers. Yeah, we're looking at it. You know, uh, how can we partner with um, and and how can we, more of a platform play? And so, uh, we've got a great ecosystem. Uh, and 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 uh, where could we partner with existing communities of businesses where they could kind of come in and plug in, and you know, where BizX could actually um, feel a a, a, an existing ecosystem. So we have our own ecosystem at BizX, but we also, uh, one of the things that we're looking at now is how do we, um, how can we become a platform to be able to um, go to an existing community of businesses and say, okay, here's another way that you can all do business with each other. Mm-hmm. And and so we see that as an opportunity to be able to create um, uh, more scalable growth um, and, and being able to really, you know, take this uh, more regionally and then nationally and internationally. Mm-hmm. And is there a revenue target in your mind that you're like, and then what would the kind of exit plan be? Are you like me and you haven't, you're not there yet. <laughs> like I'm, I get asked that all the time and I'm like, I'm not there. Yeah. I'm so young. I'm only 50. Almost. <laughs> we, we've, we've got some ideas, probably a little too premature to share with the podcast, but I think, you know, there's a lot of innovation happening in FinTech today. And, um, you look at it, if, if you, we talked 15 years ago and I said alternative currency, you kind of would look at me and go, huh? Yeah, you mean but like today, Bitcoin and stuff? Well, today, the fact that you don't have, to, I think we were kind of really early to this party, but you don't, and there's a there's a, um, a TED talk I think I gave at a at an EO university back in 2011, I'll share with you. But what I said was the way we're gonna pay is gonna change. And I think that will still continue to happen. And today, Everything we do is U.S. dollar based. Primarily, it's U.S. dollar based, right? Um, and then now you're seeing, okay, you can pay with points. That's another way to pay, and that's becoming much more and more predominant. I can pay with points at checkout. Um, we can pay with Bitcoin. You know, Tesla was accepting Bitcoin until yesterday, but that's another way to pay. You can pay with BizX, and so I think we're going to see other the the evolution of just how transactions are going to happen. And, you know, you've got Apple Pay. That's still a credit card that goes to U.S. dollars. But really think about how we're going to pay that's non-U.S. dollar denominated. You're going to see many more options coming. And I think BizX was a very, is a very, very early pioneer there. And we're seeing a lot of other, other opportunities for, for that to come. Yeah, I can see that. And so how's your team um, right now? Like how has this past year impacted your business? And have you had to make any changes with your existing team yeah so yeah just we were we were impacted because you know we are all based on transactions with small and medium-sized business so come march april everything is shut down and so our revenue you know comes down to a, a trickle at that time but what we've seen is um we've seen you know the resiliency of our businesses is coming back stronger than ever and so um, and so we we uh, we were working primarily remote. We just now started to come back into the office in sort of a hybrid 
Um, and we have many people that are still 100% remote. And we, you know, we've, we've learned a lot of, a lot of great things. Um, uh, we, uh, right now we're trying to, we've got about, you know, I think five open positions that we're trying to fill. Uh, we down, we had to downsize a little bit and now we're trying to scale up again as quickly as we can, but what a resilient team we have that has gone through this. And th this team was working kind of round the clock from, from home, um, really helping these businesses with, with things that they needed, uh, whether mm -hmm. it was helping them get meals out to their employees, uh, helping with PPP and masks and gloves, um, helping get the new website launched. You heard about all these great pivots that happened. Well, a lot of these pivots with these small, medium-sized businesses were funded using BizX, getting construction projects taken care of. So, you know, there's the Queen Anne Hotel in San Francisco that got completely remodeled and they did it without a lick of cash, but we had our team in the background helping coordinate this. Or um, I know uh, Montezuma's restaurants, they, they did a, also a number of big remodels or new websites coming out. And uh, I've got to really take my hat off to our team uh, because they were they were heads down and and just helping these business owners. And they're you know you heard the stories because they're talking to these business owners day in day out and hearing some of the the stories and lots of tears and there's fear as to what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. But I think as things I would say come May because I heard that. But come May when the PPP money started to hit people's bank accounts, I, uh, the set sentiment completely changed. But I would say until May, until that money started to go in, I would say I've, I've never seen anything like it, the fear well, that yeah, I've heard. And it, and it just happens so fast. I mean, I have friends who just oh, lost yeah. so much of their business within like a two-day window. Yeah. And especially in the hospitality industry. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so it sounds like you've got this kind of solid core team. And yeah. how would you describe a like the values that um, matter most for an employee who's successful at BizX? So, um, you know, our purpose, so we start with our purpose. Our purpose is to improve the lives and businesses of the communities we touch, the people we touch. So we want, we're very much a very conscious purpose-driven company. In fact, one of the things we've done is we have been um, taking this time and we're actually right in the middle of this exercise where we've got the whole team and we're talking about our values and, and say, okay, what, 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 what do we, um, what do these really mean to people? Because as you grow, as an organization grows, we wanted to retest them to make sure that everybody was, Hey, do you, you get this, we're bought in and do we need to make any tweaks? So we're making actually changes as we speak. Uh, it was a really cool exercise. We had an outside facilitator come in, uh, really work with the team and kind of, I kind of said, okay, go and, 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 and the team came up with this and they came back and then they shared. And I would say we we're about 90% there, but it really allowed us to reaffirm our values. And, um, you know, uh, one of, um, one of our core values, uh, uh is uh, think big, uh, be bold, take action. Um, another value that's super important is, um, is do the right thing. I think we're tweaking that to say integrity and, and do the, but, but basically do the right thing. Integrity. It's, it's one of the things that is important to me when we say integrity is, yeah, I'm honest. That's important. But I say your words, your actions, your thoughts are all in line with each other and what we say, what we do, what we think. That's super important. 
um, I would say uh, we had we had a value called exceed expectations, and I think the team came back and the one we're we're tweaking that to is excellence. And so the idea is everything we do is 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 in this mind of excellence and how do we deliver excellence? And the, I would say exceed expectations is a great way to describe that. Um, and I would say these values are important not just to us, uh, in, but how do we how do we push those values out within the community? So that's important for us that mm-hmm. that they're not just these values are not just for us, but they're also um, we're also pushing them out with with the with with the rest of the with the rest of the community, the users within BizX, and so that 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 that, that can live there as well. Yeah. And so you said you've got these open positions. Um, what is your thinking around um, kind of ensuring that you continue to have a diverse and thriving um, culture? Like what, what's the process for your recruiting and um, how you basically just make sure that, that, that your, your employee yeah. base represents like the actual community? Yeah. That's a that's a good question. I, the, well, the first thing we did is we've got somebody other than me that's owning this process. So uh, I've got um, a nice a, a nice part of actually going through this whole process too is I was able to take myself out a lot of these items, and so I've got a very strong team. Tom Oaks, our COO, and uh, we've got operations manager that oversees uh, HR, and and I think they. This has been very, very, they've been very thoughtful about these items. And I think um, being able to really be inclusive with the rest of the team. And so um, having a process where they are um, in, in recruiting, it is a, you know, it's, it's kind of ends with me versus starting with me in the sense where um, the team is, is going through and really um, um, uh, being able to get their, get their, uh, being able to get the rest of the team's input, I think has been super important in, in, in doing that and really um, making this a, a values-based hire as well when, when looking because, and then we've also used, um, we've had our kind of outside consultant we've worked with and, and they've been also helpful in kind of going through the, the screening process. So I would say we're hiring um, as much as we are for values as we are for skill and experience. Yeah. We, you know, and I would say, although it's not written, you know, the, the no asshole policy where, okay, you know, we want to yeah. make sure you've got the right, it's, a, we're, you know, we spend more time with each other at work and it's so important that the people that you're working with um, are, are, you know, they're part of that. You're part of a winning team. Totally. And so over this past year, would you say that um, at the end of the day, you've come out uh, stronger, both personally and professionally? And if so, what things are you going to try to really hold on to going forward? Yeah, I would say personally, one of the things I remember waking up in the middle of the pandemic, in the middle of the night, waking up in the morning, thinking, oh, my God, what's going on? Like, is this a, are we in a James Bond movie? Is some villain <laughs> going to reveal himself? Um, I, I would say uh, from um uh, this idea of gratitude for me personally, which was so important. So every day, just waking up and, and journaling what I was thankful for, um, because we have so much to be thankful for. I think we're so fortunate where we live, what we do, my, our children, 
Um, and so that was personally, you know, and not taking anything for granted. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was super, super important. Um, you know, and as a company, the same thing. I'm very grateful for the team we have. We, you know, we kept it together. The fact that, you know, we we're able to continue operating in this way where we're just a bunch of people, right, with computers all working remotely. Um, you know, we're not physically making something. We don't have a factory per se, uh, but, you know, it's all communication, right? Like, what do you do? I talk for a living, right? So, you know, we write emails, but we're not physically, you know, we're, we're a, a lot of what we're doing is we're connecting people and yeah, we're building software and we're, there's technology underlying all of this, but to make it all work. And so the fact that we were able to pull together and, and, and continue to do this, and I think it showed us, uh, it showed us where some where we had some weaknesses, but we also a number of opportunities, and it really allowed us to take a step back and take a, and it's allowed me to take a step back and really take a more of a holistic view at our business. And so, um, you know, like for example, one of the things we're we're really focused now on is which categories are driving um, are, are are more important and which ones are not, and where the opportunities lie and kind of how we're doing everything. And so what the customer experience, what the customer journey looks like uh, and, uh, and, and, and how do we, how do we improve on that, make it better. Mm -hmm. And so to us, you know, from, from a member perspective is, is, uh, is, is that if we can reduce that friction and make it better, uh, a lot of these things that we kind of implemented because during the pandemic and we're, we're going to, we're going to continue to, you know, see them through and, and build upon yeah, love it. And so how are you balancing all this? You've got a ton going on. You got the three kids. Yeah. You got the business. You're such an extrovert. I'm sure you're trying to fit in some social. Um, what do you do to stay balanced personally? Uh, you know, I'm fortunate. I got I've got a great team. So learnings I have been able to do is really again take myself out a lot of the day-to-day operations. Um but uh, got just got a Peloton, so that's certainly helping. Is that uh, brand? Is that brand new? Yeah, fairly new. So um, yeah, you have to tell me who you it. like. We'll have to ride together. Okay, there you go. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I think I think my kids keep me young, and that's always a lot of fun. And yeah. that to me is, you know, if you told me before I was a dad that this is, you know, because when you're single and not married, and it's like you you this is you know, kids are just this amazing, uh, I think they keep you youthful and there's this amazing, um, uh, presence about them, innocence about them. And, you know, they grow up super fast as you probably so see as well. Yeah. And so I figure we're like halfway there. My oldest is 12. So it's like, okay, I got six more years, two thirds of the way. Right. And so, uh, and then it's sort of like, you know, he's on, he's, he's off to the races. So, uh, Definitely the the children, um, and I think uh, uh, just trying to be mind, very very mindful. And um, I've, I have a coach I work with, and just one of the things that we are working always on is kind of living in joy. What are the things that are driving joy? And um, for me, even as simple as this, kind of this freedom. Because I think before I felt a little more tethered to a desk, or you know, being now, you know, the freedom to. You know, I can go do a call and a walk at the same time. <laughs> yeah, the pandemic has brought some of that, I have to say. Yeah. And so I'll, I'm like, you know, I'll do a call and walk my dog at the same time. And yeah. it just works out really good. And so 
I think, I think, you know, I think Buffett said it best is that when you're tap dancing on your way to work, you don't really think of it as work. And so it, it is, it is a dance and it's this collage and you're kind of moving in and out and it's been challenging. And my wife, she's, you know, I got to take my hat off to her. She's been a, she, she's doesn't have the luxury of being able to work from home. She's been on the front lines during the whole, uh, you know, medical piece of this and doing that and being a mom. And, yeah, that's uh, hard. Yeah. But you know, we've, we've been able to, we've been able to pull it together. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm so glad you guys are doing so well. My final question for you is your ultimate fuel. Like, what is it? What fuels you? What fuels me? I think, um, what fuels me is, uh, being the reason why this business gets me excited, what I do, it's not even this business. It's when I, when you, you're able to see one plus one equal 11, I just love connecting people. And so uh, whether it's through BizX or not, but I'm like, hey, you two should get together. There's something, there's something there. Being that matchmaker, that fuels me because you're able to help both people. And yeah. so I think that's why I'm in the business I'm in. But I, I, I love, uh, I love doing what I'm doing and just being able to do that in a kind of in a genuine way where it's like, okay, here you go, 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 make something special. Thank you for listening to the What Fuels You podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, and follow us on social media to keep up with the latest news and episodes. You can also contact us at podcast at fueltalent.com to provide feedback, ask questions, and share topics or guests you would like us to cover in the future. We hope you feel inspired by our guests and that we have helped fuel your day. Join us next time for another episode of What Fuels You. We'll be right back.